Hello learners, hello players. Mike Empolgado here and you're listening to Knowledge Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, we will meet another compelling character for the game of life. I'll be talking with a college professor with 45 years of teaching experience in primary, secondary and higher education worldwide. A father of three and grandfather of four children actively taking part in their development and education. An actor, a singer, a poet, a videographer, and a certified coach in conversation intelligence and breaking knowledge. A partner of World Education Innovators. Please welcome Rebel from Down Under, Dr. John Kendall Graham. Hello learners, hello players, Mike Impolgado here and you're listening to Knowledge Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be meeting another compelling character for the game of life. I'll be talking with a college professor with 45 years of teaching experience in primary, secondary and higher education worldwide. A father of three and grandfather of four children, actively taking part in their development and education. An actor, a singer, a poet and a videographer and certified coach in conversation intelligence and breaking knowledge. A partner of World Education Innovators. Please welcome Rebel from Down Under, Dr. John Kendall Graham. Great to be here, my friend. Great to be here. What a, what a, um, that's a nice summary of my, of my life, really. It's short. I tend to go on long, as you know, we've talked before. <laughs> And uh, one of the things we both are joyous about is co-creating this program and bringing education uh, as it can be to those who are looking for it with a hunger and a desire uh, to make use of their lives, to fulfill them, their ambitions and, and projects and to can give back to the world that they come from. Yeah, you referred to the... the um, I mean, my start in all this, I guess, was, well, I was born on the 1st of January, 1946, and you do describe me as a rebel. And I guess, I mean, I've always been a rebel in the way that I've been daring to say many things in my life that have got me into lots of strife with my parents when I lived at home, with some teachers when at school. I mean, the first school I went to in kindergarten, I was sitting in the back seat and didn't want to be there at all. And and got, uh, there was a duster, you know, a blackboard duster, and I threw it at the teacher, ran out of the room, <laughs> jumped over the back fence and ran home. So there was something very oppressive about being in a box, and I've always had that feeling. I don't like working in offices, and I spend most of my time when I've been teaching at universities, when I can, uh, out of rooms and walking around the campus and, and asking questions that have more to do with what students are looking to do, what their desires are, what their objectives in life are, uh, in order to tune what I was doing within the disciplines that were working within the university. And my discipline was history and linguistics. So I, I was interested to know um, what they wanted to do with this, this, the subjects that I was teaching. And I could then tune what I was doing to their needs and desires rather than simply run it off the syllabus and um, I changed lectures from lectures to conversations. I was reading a lecture that I'd written 
Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I couldn't read anything. The, the type went everywhere. And so I just shut the... And I was standing at a podium and I was 23 and I felt very nervous and my examining professors were sitting up in the back examining me. And uh, <laughs> I, I laughed a bit and said, well... I'd like just to start talking with you about what it is that you want to do. So that was my style and I've kept that style and that has made me a little bit uh, of a rebel when I got into the institutions and uh, taught there. But, um, you know, a a rebel is okay with me. However, the the tendency for me was rather to um, be guided by my parents, who I love very much, they're both gone now, um, I actually, if I can, if I can interrupt you over here, I actually use the yeah. term of the rebel deliberately, as this is one of our three main strategies that we will be using for this part of the game of life when we're okay, hacking yeah. and choosing the college and the next educational step. And um, I, if, for all the listeners who are still not a part of our Knowledge Hackers MeLab community on Facebook, I'd like to invite you there when you can build your character for the game of life and find out which strategy you should take in this part of the educational journey. Should you be a trooper or a mercenary or a rebel? But um, going back to the case of Dr. John over here, I called him rebel even though it wasn't the case for him through the whole educational journey uh, and so, please, tell us a little bit more how it started for you back in high school. Uh, well, in high school, um, I... Well, let me just take a step back from that and say that my parents' guidance and the social expectations of um, <clears throat> what, a, what an education was to be in that, in that time. I'm only 70, I'm about to be 74 soon, so... The people, the young people that I'm talking with uh, today, uh, or tonight, or wherever you are in the world, um, I'm as old as your grandparents, or, or possibly your parents. So it was way back before internet and way back before cell phones, and at a time when uh, there there was a stronger sense of family and there was more uh, parental guidance and social expectations established in the culture that I was born into. Mm-hmm. My father was an Anglican minister, and my mother was a, um, a chiropodist, a podologist. My father looked after the souls that we speak about, yeah. and my mother looked after the souls that we stand on uh, to stop our feet from wearing out. So I was taught the value of hard work and helping in the home, and and guided very much by the 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 expectations that my success at uh, in high school, mm-hmm. led me toward. I mean, I was, I was, I chose subjects that were in the humanities. My father chose subjects when he was in at school and at university in the humanities. I didn't touch any science subjects or mathematics, and I regret that a lot. Mm. And I would advise, as we go along, I'd advise our uh, our hackers to to spread their wings a bit and to find out about how their body works because that's their primary home that they'll be living with forever and they need to know how it works and how it can uh, be um, an agent or it can be an obstruction to the learning that they're seeking from from us. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, the trooper life of following parental guidance and social expectations you know, took me uh, to a university uh, to become a, um, a tutor first and then a lecturer and then a senior lecturer. And, uh, you know, that was the step. So it was very conventional. My teaching style, however, was not. And so while most students enjoyed what I did, a lot of the faculty didn't, and I got into trouble uh, mm -hmm. at the university. I went to one in Australia and uh, got fired from it. I, it was a famous or infamous incident, and there was headlines in the newspapers and on current affair and other things about being fired from a university, a fully tenured professor. All right. And it was around. It was around. Like it was around the issue of of the of the personal in history, in the history, in the history discipline, about the personal. And, and I was very interested, as I've indicated already, in the person of the students and for them to be aware that they were meaning makers. They weren't um, empty cups to pour knowledge into. They were active agents in the production of interpretations, analysis, the processes of investigation, all these basic activities which are central to university education and I think uh, central in our program too mm -hmm. uh, is to introduce people to those skills and so the rebel continued his career outside the university and that's where I um, was in an actor in cine and the theatre and an MC at social at, at community events and uh, ran for Parliament, my slogan. Do you want to hear about my slogan? Oh, let's hear it. Okay, well, the slogan, and I think this is sort of like a, a really important idea, and I think we adopted, you and I and the other members of the organisation, liberation through education for human government. That was, that was the for human government part. That sounds and very I, strong. Uh, yeah, it is strong, and I was and I campaigned in a, a psychedelic painted Dodge camper van truck with Spiral written on the side of it, and Spiral became very important for me too, and uh, helped to guide my rebel life in ways that have been um, been an adventure, um, and also have got me into trouble, but has led me to discoveries, led me to KBB, uh, the knowledge business brokers. And it led me to you and this uh, and this um, the world innovation world education innovators. Mm -hmm. So we just to, are, just uh, to just are. to summarize what I'm hearing over here is basically that on your educational journey, the the wall that you hit was that um, I think the concept of perspective, right? For for our higher education system, there was just one perspective, right? And, and uh, I think our, uh, our listeners, the, especially the ones who are uh, attending the IB schools, they will be very uh, close to the concept of perspective. This is one of the learner's profile uh, attribute. And I think this is very important, especially as you mentioned, the, the history approach, that it's going to be very personal for every single student. And the same thing is actually in education here. And so what did you do? once you hit that wall and it was not really welcomed well by the higher education institutions? Um, 
was trapped between my aspiration, mm -hmm. my vision of what life at the university would be like, and my confrontation with uh, bureaucracy, regulations, um, an impersonal, impersonal approach, mm -hmm. an emotional shallowness in most of the academics, a rigidity in the uh, application of rules, um, and I felt squeezed. I felt, as we say, uh, caught in a tight corner. It was distressing to me. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a time when my father died, which was a great loss for me, and uh, a time when one of my partners left with uh, a small boy um, to live with his mother, for her to live with her mother. Mm -hmm. uh, all these things happened. It was a classic time at 44, uh, midlife crisis. You know, it was mm -hmm. a, a collision between a vision and a reality. And right. I had to face the reality. I was found to be not guilty for the, on the charges. I got paid money. I used that money to start a farm in, I left the city. Mm -hmm. uh, after I failed to get into the Victorian State Parliament. <laughs> I mean, I was campaigning with a black leather jacket and a cowboy head. I don't think that I would have fitted in there either very well. <laughs> However, it's like the midnight cowboy. <laughs> but I did start, I did a diploma in permaculture and worked at Orchard uh, with my present wife there. And she and I worked it and we uh, got involved in community education, youth mm -hmm. action projects. Um, there was a lot of alcohol abuse and drug addiction was starting. Unemployment mm -hmm. was very high. Uh, it was a stress time for the country in Australia. So um, that's what I was doing there for about um, 10 years, I think. Yeah, this part of your life sounds to me more like a mercenary approach in our, pro in our game of life strategy. <laughs> Yeah, it was a pick and choose I was doing to make money because I, I invested a great deal of money in audio and visual uh, video equipment and uh, the purchase of the farmhouse and these things. That took all the money that I got from the firing from the government, from the tribunal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to make my way. So I was um, did a bit of labouring for other people and I did... Uh, um, so I was a seller of um, health products and mm -hmm. I was uh, uh, a spruker outside shops promoting people to come in and buy. Um, I didn't get paid for being an I got paid a little bit for being an actor. Um, I played the sinister teacher <laughs> in, one of, uh, in, a, um, in a commercial for Clark Shoes. Okay. And, that was I had the interesting experience of going with my kids to the uh, picture theatre, to the cinema, and they asked me why. I said, just come in and watch the ad. And they watched the ad and I said, wow, that's really <laughs> Is there any way we can watch it today? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've got stuff from that time which will give people an indication of what I was doing. It was way out stuff. I mean, I was, it, it was attempting to export the spirit of education. I mean, edu education comes from two Latin words, educare and educare. Mm -hmm. And 
English translations of those two words is to lead forth and to lead out. Right. Forth and out. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you draw a line that describes those words, you find that you draw a spiral line. Right. It goes forth and out. It's not like a box, like a, in offices. It's not like a straight line and you're not meant to cross the line. Um, you meant meant to meet your deadlines. Mm-hmm. Deadline deadline comes from the American Civil War when the Confederate Army captured the people who were working for uh, fighting for the, for Abraham Lincoln in the north, mm-hmm. and the line was a trench dug around the tents or the um, places where these people were imprisoned because they didn't have time to build prisons. <laughs> they, right, and if the, if the soldiers, if the the northern soldiers got any got very close to the line, they were they were shot. So that's where the idea of deadline comes from. Right. Now, my advice is not to use that. <laughs> it's <laughs> deadline. You know. However, um, but the and the outcome of that in my intellectual self, but I don't want to dislocate intellectual from emotional because in my body they work together. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the difficulties that people have, uh, the developments of education, we follow the philosopher Descartes in separating the mind-body. And that has become a problem, and it's become a problem only because people have accepted a distinction between the mind and the body. And my recent education in uh, neuroscience has helped me a great deal and will help uh, our listeners a great deal too to learn more about the, the, the relationship between our language, our use of language, and how we speak um, and what happens in the brains. Right. Briefly, cortisol rises when you're speaking very, very loudly in an angry way and using what we call bad words. You get closed off. You have a 180, 180 perspective usually, and it closes down to 30. So road rage is a dangerous thing. Like if you get very angry driving the car, your vision actually diminishes substantially, and you can't see what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those things have shown me that um, the intellectual element, the research, the investigation, the reading of journals of neuroscience and uh, very complicated stuff uh, but the, what I've tried to do will be contributing to the, our program is to put it into language that makes sense to people who don't have to read all the detailed journals and research articles etc and mm-hmm. one of the ways I've simplified it is to make use of spiral both to describe to link education educare, educare, to lead forth and out, with neuroscientific um, and genetic information, specifically the DNA, the DNA, mm-hmm. which everyone has, and if we didn't have it, there'd be no life on Earth. So DNA was called by one of its discoverers, uh, Francis Quick and, and Watson, uh, called Your Message. Right. That, that interested me a lot because, what, as I was saying before, the squeeze I felt between being trapped and closed in 
suddenly when I was reading a book by a man called Gregory Bateson uh, called Mind and Nature, The Essential Unity. Mm-hmm. Love that title. I love it. Um, defined the spiral. I was reading it. And had it. The spiral grows in one dimension mm-hmm. by addition at its open end, Mike. Open end. And I thought, ah, excellent, wonderful. You know, there is a way in which mm-hmm. we can be asking our children and our students and other people to learn in a way that isn't enclosing, that isn't stifling, that does refer to their desires, their fears and their hopes and lets them express it. Because if you use the spiral idea, you can become your, one of the open ends of our bodies and there are several, but the one that I'm using now, possibly excessively, <laughs> is the mouth. You've got a voice, you know, you've got a choice, use your voice. Right. And one of the, yeah, so that's that's the little spiel on that one. So that that's where the trooper became the rebel uh, and how university education has helped me so much to be a rebel with a cause. <laughs> So this, that brings me to uh, a close for our today's episode, guys. So I can see how the, the individual DNA is also related with individual approach for the game of life. And so we mentioned before that it's so important to have your character built before starting to playing the game. And for that, like I said, we already started a program that will help you uh, do just that. The Knowledge Hackers Meetup community on Facebook where Dr. John will be helping you as well, build your character, find your unique DNA, and choose the strategy for uh, hacking the college and higher education. Uh, and so, Mike, could, I, could I end with a, in my part with a question? Are we, can we ask people who are listening in sure. to tell us what their, their desires are, what you want to accomplish as a high school graduate? You know, the external struggles, are what you, you're dealing with. The internal ones, what internal struggles are you dealing with? What are your fears of the wall or problem you might hit when going through your education journey to adult life? The epiphany that we talk about, the breakthrough, the, the change in, in life that I've described, the, one of them particularly uh, with the university and discovering the spiral. Uh, the epiphany you might have already experienced and the new opportunity you discovered at this stage in your learning journey. The plan you might have created to achieve your desire, the conflict you might foresee along the way, the achievement or end result you want to to get in your education career, and the transformation you might have already experienced or might be hoping for during your learning journey. And I'm here to help, Mike's here to help, and we're all here to help you on that journey of life, the game of life. Thanks for being with us today and I thank you so much for your your guidance through this mic. Big Mike I call him. Big Mike on the <laughs> mic with Dr. John. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. John. We will be exploring all those questions, guys, on the uh, Facebook community. You can also drop us some uh, messages and comments on this podcast over here and we'll try to answer every single one of them. And Let's crack the code together and win the game of life. You've got it. Let's do it. Spiral on. From Dr. John.
Find us on Facebook and join the Knowledge Hackers MeLab community, when together with other educators and high school students from all around the world, you will be building your character for the game of life. You will find out and discover what are your superpowers, your strengths, your weaknesses and your identity, and use this in order to choose the best strategy for this part of the game when you need to hack the college and higher education system. You need to know if you should play as a trooper, as a mercenary or as a rebel. We will be waiting for you on Facebook.